You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is a special Harocha Hespid for Hagoyin Hatzadik, the Rachmastrik Rebbe, Rabchai Yitzchok Tversky, Zecher Tzadik, Vekodesh Levrocha. We have just, the Shiva has just ended, and uh, I felt that it was very important, and many others encouraged me on this to have a Hespid that consisted of his chesidim. He was a person that uh, had chesidim over the whole world. Uh, it was a Dover Yedua that here in the United States, especially, the Rebbe was miyuched. He was, if you wanted to get a bracha, if you wanted a hatzala, if you wanted the Yeshua, the Rebbe was the person to go to. Um, and many people, including myself, can testify to the effectiveness of his brochas that, of course, were matched with the the sterling, incredible character that he had, a character that was um, that shone, a character that, as he used to quote his his when he would say he would say the stuff the stuff when a person is full of ava and connection so the words that he says um even more than the content but the feeling that generates them it builds up it builds up and it's able to have a, a shefa to to other people and this of course was the experience of almost any person who was zocha to be mistaken of betzel kedushas the 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 Rachmaninoff Rebbe. Uh, I've uh, I asked my very close friend, Rabbi Doctor Ruven Pupko, who I am always going to be makir toiv because when there was a tzor in our mishpocha and I uh, was living for many years outside of the New York area, where although there were rebbes there, but not on the darg of rebbes to be poil Yeshuas, he directed me to the Rachmaninoff Rebbe. And it was through him that I was able to create a connection. Rabbi Pupko is comes from an illustrious rabbinic family. He is a person of of great erudition, and he is a, a very strong Racham Sikvachosid. His son is also uh, Rabbi Pupko. If you could please share with us Divrei uh, Harocha and uh, about the great Sadik. Yes, uh, I'd be glad to. Uh, I, uh, Baruch Hashem, had the schus of meeting the Rebbe for the first time. Uh, I don't remember if it was between 35 and 40 years ago. We had just moved to Borough Park. He has a small shtibel, that, that's, which is actually his home now. But at that time, he had the shtibel in, on the first floor, and he lived on the second floor. And he, I, I, I don't want to say that he barely had a minion, but he didn't have much more than a minion. He was very accessible, so that was I was very fortunate to get it on the ground floor, so to speak. Um, so uh, as far, I'm going to say, uh, for a few minutes, and then I'm, I'm going to tell you two stories that aren't just stories that float around that you know it's been told and I saw it somewhere. These are stories that I know uh, that there I could almost call them firsthand knowledge, which you'll you'll hear soon. Um, so the, what I want to say about the Rebbe is I had the opportunity to meet with him many times and uh, there were times when I had to make uh, big decisions in my life and say I don't know he knew how to say excuse me I'm uh, getting teared up a little bit he knew how to say I don't remember and he, he knew how to say, I'm sorry, and really meaning it. Uh, and that's the one that brings tears to my eyes, the last the last media that he had based on the story. So um, one time I uh, sent in the kvittel. It was regarding a business. And he said to me, um, again, this is not like a uh, super fantastic, fabulous story, but I just want to show you how 
he was a very practical, down-to-earth person. So I asked him what to do. So he said to me, very simple, speak to an expert. I said, okay. And then I looked for an expert and um, I found uh, a former Yid that was an expert. And then I found somebody who wasn't uh, a Yid who was an expert. So I asked the Rebbe, who should I, who should I ask? So he said, you have to find out who is the bigger expert and then ask that person. After I did that, I came to the Rebbe with my findings. Then the Rebbe went through it like a businessman, like really uh, taking a piece of paper and making, dividing it in two and weighing the advantages against the disadvantage. And based on that, I was able to make the decision and it was Baruch Hashem, it turned out to be the, the right decision. Okay. Um, so I know uh, my, my son is, he's only 19 years old. He's a very, very strong Rachem Slifka Chosid. And at this age in his life, he and his uh, his peers, his Siddish friends, they always like to hear the story of Moifsim, of the Poyal Yeshuas. So th this is going to fall into that category. Uh, but first, I'm going to say the story about the Harocha. Uh, this is from a close friend of mine. Close friend of mine um, was was a shadchan for a shidduch between a, a young man and a young woman. And Mitzad, the young woman, was the Rachav Sifka Rebbe. In other words, she didn't have a support system. I don't remember if she had parents, but if she did, they, they weren't involved in her life. That much she had, had she had come to Yiddishkeit later on in life, and um, came about the shidduch, and um, the Rachav Sifka Rebbe through his gaboyim and through to whom he delegated this, they were very very strongly pushing the shidduch, and every step of the way they said that they're they're coming. Uh, based upon the, the the words of the Rebbe's um, my friend who was the shotgun and for for the young man, he felt that it's not such a good shidduch, and he voiced his concerns. And the Rebbe said, um, the Rebbe overrode him and said, "No, it, it is a good shidduch." He and the Rebbe pushed the Shidduch, and the Shidduch went through. And unfortunately, the, the, the marriage broke up. It turned out to be that it wasn't a suitable match. And um, my friend came to the Rebbe and in a very nice and polite way said, you know, I told him so. But in a very nice and polite way. He's also a Chassidish Yungaman. He's not a Rachav Sufka Chassid. He's a stolen Chassid. But in any event, he came to to, to, the, to the Rebbe and he said, look, 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 look what happened. I told you so. He told me that he was there and the Rebbe said, I, you, you're right. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. And the Rebbe's face was streaming with tears. He said the Rebbe couldn't forgive himself. He said he, he doesn't know how he did such a thing and he doesn't know how to show the proper remorse and regret and how to compensate for the mistake that he made. I think that's a big godless in, in, in the Rebbe. Okay, so that's the, the Rebbe saying the words, I'm sorry, in, in a way that most people aren't even able to do that, let alone a Rebbe of, you know, Thousands of chassidim, who's the being able to do that and just you know really own up to it, take take responsibility, and really show the the remorse and the regret to the degree that he was so pained by it that tears were. Uh, my son, Baruch Hashem, when he was by mitzvah, he, the Rebbe put on tefillin by him. It was a wonderful thing, and uh, my my son learns in a chassidish yeshiva where last year uh, one of his rabbeim was uh, Rabbi Schiff. 
I don't know what Rebbe goes to. Maybe maybe based on the story, it's very possible he, he, he went to Rachel Sivka Rebbe and um the 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 his name is Rav Schiff, and Rav Schiff has a son who at that time, which is just last year, was a Khaida Yingle. He was maybe eight, nine years old. And he was in a he was in a cheder, he was in yeshiva, and he was learning Mishnayis, and he was learning Mishnayis Yuma, and his rebbe said that we're going to have a a big farher on Mishnayis Yuma by a rav. I'm going to bring in a rav, and he's going to come and he's going to test the class on Masech Yuma. So comes so this kid, this cheder yingle. He prepared tr- tremendously for the. Um, he prepared tremendously for this bechina for the test, and he knew Mishnayis Yuma inside out. He was very very proud of himself. So the rav comes into the class and he asks the the Yinglach questions, and when it came to asking Rav Shif's son a question, he asked him a very easy basic and simple question that anybody could answer. And obviously he answered it, and he answered it well. But he was very disappointed that all his efforts of mastering Masech Yuma didn't come out and didn't shine. So um, what happened was that there was an opportunity for some, I believe it was a Simcha in the family, and Rav Shif uh, went with his family into the Rebbe, and the Rebbe asked his son, what are you learning? And he said, I'm learning Mishnah Yuma. And the Rebbe never asks a Yingle or even a Bocher, he never asks him in learning for obvious reason of he, in case the person that he's asking doesn't know, he doesn't want to embarrass him. The Rebbe never ever asked any any kid or Bocher or Yingaman regarding uh, the substantive uh, material of what they're learning. So he said he's learning Yuma, and the Rebbe started firing him on Yuma, asking him intricate, detailed questions. And the Rebbe said, you know this well, I'm very, very proud of you. And he gave him a bracha. And there was no way that the Rebbe could have known, there's no way that the Rebbe could have known that um, that this Cheder uh, Yingle had was learning Yuma and had been tested and was disappointed that it was such an easy test. So uh, the 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 Rebbe was a Paul Yeshua said he really brought a Simcha to this Yingle with without Alpidar uh, Hateva uh, having the possibility of knowing what this kid need, needed. But every time I went into the Rebbe. His Havasi Sral just exuded from him. When you, you told him a problem, it really looked as if this problem is now on his shoulders and he took it personally. Um, so he was really a tremendous Rebbe. This is a tremendous loss to me, to my son, and to all of Klai Yisrael. And, uh, and I know how difficult it is. Um... As as much as you know, we have our parents. We also have our spiritual parents, and I know that the uh, the Avelis is still very deep. The Petza is open, and I appreciate being able to come. In a similar vein, uh, I was introduced this week with someone who has told me that he also feels that he has lost his his parent, someone who was a Ben Bias by the by the Rachel Strikva. Um, uh, he is a person who um, has uh, observed the Rebbe up close, someone who I think is going to be able to enlighten us and give us a sense of who the Rebbe was and how he was able to affect his life and and, and using that as a dogma of how the Rebbe was able to affect so many others. Um, uh, Rebbe Weber uh, um, has, has, has graciously agreed uh, to speak and speak from the lave and speak from the moyach. Weber, thank you. Thank you very much.
hineni haonimimas. When I start to speak about the holy tzaddik, the Rebbe, I shake. Three and a half years ago, I lost my father. I went through it again. First time I ever saw the Rebbe Rebbe was on a Friday night. The famous Moel Yaakov Matu Weinberg invited me for Shabbos to Borough Park. Not knowing anything, I said to him, where are you Davin? He said, Rachmas Rivka. I said, Rivka? What's that? You'll see. The first time I had Zechus to see the Rebbe, he walked in. Those days he still wore the boots that, that the squares wear, those uh, black boots, and had those beautiful blue eyes. And he looked at his shtenda as if to say, I can't wait to get there already. And he got there. And the Hoidu, as you know, the Chassidim start with the Kapitel Kovzayin, Hoidu Lashem Kitoyev. The Hoidu was fire dick. It was full of fire. The Davani was, you can't describe it in words. As Rabbi Pupko aptly pointed out, it was a small shtibu. There were no more than maybe 25 to 30 people there. But the tefillah was so intense and so beautiful, I was struck. A few hours later, I went back to the Tish. And that's where you can really see the Chassif Rebbe. The Kedusha, the holiness in his face as he feared Tish. There was obviously a moment that he couldn't control himself every Shabbos. The Rebbe Banish was a Bahaltana. He was very controlled. But when it came to Shabbos, his face was red. He couldn't. You could see it was almost an internal struggle to hold back. And then he would say the Torah. There's a safer called Amoris Tahiris of his Torah. He would say it almost mumbling because in his eyes, part of Anova in Chernobyl was to say it quietly. I used to push and shove to get the other time. Let me go back a minute. I grew up in Long Beach, New York. I attended Yeshiva University, and I grew up as a modern Orthodox kid. Though my parents had been hogim shtam, we, we, we come from Bells and from Gare and from Dublin, and we had our songs, Nothing like this. And so I went back a second Shabbos and a third Shabbos. Now, at some point, I had no place to sleep anymore. I would sleep on the benches. Just as, a, as, a, as an overview. So I would sleep. Nobody knew I was there. But I would notice the Rebbe coming down at 4.35 o'clock Shabbos morning with two bottles of milk in his hand. The Rebbe himself. For the oilum, for the people to have coffee with milk, and he put it downstairs in the fridge. I watched this. Understand that Hasidic Rebbe's don't generally carry milk for people, but this is who he was. In the same vein, I just want to give you a sense of who this amazing person was. Just to go ahead, there was a shlemus, a completeness about this person I have never seen in anybody in my life. Everything was perfect. His Torah, his Hasidus, his Davani, his Midas, his interaction with family, his, his, how he dealt with money, how he dealt with people, his optimism, his simcha. And I hope to give you a little bit of what, of, of how, in fact, I, I was firsthand seeing this. So I became part of his family, in essence, and he found out who I was, and I would eat with him Shabbos. I'd like to share with you a story that will typify who the Rachm Rebbe is, as they say in Yiddish, Schnitt Rachm It was my first Jim Kippur, in Rachmas Trifka. Understand that the Rebbe's Avoida, forget the spiritual part, the physical part, Erev Yom HaKodesh, he gets up at four in the morning and he shlugs kaparts with a live chicken. And then the shoichet comes to his house and shechs all the chickens, right there in the basement. The whole mess, they, they, they salt it, they clean it up. It's a, it's a whole thing. He goes to mikvah and he does a with the oilam. Then he, he, he gives out lekach. Lekach is, you know, Honey cake, wishing you a gemachasim Then he sits and he prophets. He takes kvitlach all day. Then he feels a tish. Then he comes mincha. Then he gets malchus. He used to get down on his, on his literally on all fours, and somebody would give him 
it was symbolic, give him 39 malchus, lashes. He then was the chazan for Konidre Mairev Mosef Ni'ila. Then, in those days, after Kiddush Levana, the whole, the whole tzibur, which was already two, three other people, would go by wishing him a Now he finally comes up to his house to make Havdalah. As he's making Havdalah, when he finishes, somebody brings me a cup of coffee. And I sit down. The Rebbe now goes from the kitchen to his room to eat something. And he sees me there. Uh-uh. Tell the juice, yo. He said, you're an American. You want to drink juice, right? I didn't say anything. He doesn't call his son. He doesn't call his gabba. He himself goes back to the kitchen. Brings me a carton of orange juice with a glass and says, drink, drink. That who's the Rakhus. He was born in 1931 on Gimel Elul. He grew up in Yerushalayim in abject poverty. His great-grandfather was a Sandik, Rabbi Nuchensha, Rabbi Nachem Nuchem of Rachmanstrit. His grandfather, Rabbi Duvidel. His father was Rabbi Yochanan, who was named for the original, the, angel, the, the, the original Rachmanstrit Rebbe. He grew up, as I said, in abject poverty. He was the second son of his father. Interestingly enough, his father sent him not to the Chassidusha, but to Eitz Chaim. Which was the the litvisha? Though there was, it wasn't was a they say Heimish was a small it was a small uh, community, because he felt his son was sensitive, and in the Hasidic Chedid they smacked, and this Chedid they didn't hit. He wanted his son there. He developed a close relationship with the famous tzaddik Rabbi Levin, who was his mashkiach at a young age, and eventually, of course, well known, his Rosh Hashiva. Rabbi Sazalman Meltzer, which we'll discuss later. When the Rebbe was a young boy, a young man, 11, 12, he was sick. You might all wonder why it's the name Chai Yitzchak. He was named Yitzchak. And he was deathly ill, and they thought he was going to die. His grandfather, Duvidal, was a, an expert in Shinya Hashem, changing names. And he wanted to name Chayim. The Rebbe in the hospital said, Mommy, we have a brother, Chai Moshe, my brother. So he said, okay, we'll name him Chai. And he lived. At one point, they rationed milk in Yerushalayim. And his mother said, he said to his mommy, I don't want to drink the milk. I'm not going to live. Give it to one of my brothers. And he said, she said, oh no, you're going to live. And he did. So he had the surgery and he survived. Many times we'd be in Yerushalayim, we'd drive by the um, Strauss, the doctor, he's telling me, the doctor of the Machaka was Dr. Cook, apparently, Cook's brother. And then this happened. After he was recovering, a doctor came over to him and said, Then yell it. He told me, I don't know what to say. The next day, the doctor walked over to him and said, and handed him a Gemara Sanhedrin. And he said to him, Ad etmo lo he'emanti sh'yesh elokim. Achsaba tachai, achsaba anima min sh'yesh elokim. He said to him, till now I didn't believe there was a God. You survived the surgery? I believe now there's a God. The Rebbe still in his house. They still have a Gemara Sanhedrin. Grew up. And he had tremendous relationships with Mishalayim amongst and he had to saw amongst them was Shlomkis Villa and the Hilgabelzeruf. He told me the following story once. Just to show you the Amunis Tadikim that he had. He got married, and I'm making up an address, let's say 210 U Street. He lived in Williamsburg with the Schwer, the Hilgab Square Rebbe. And one day he's sitting in his apartment somewhere in the afternoon, and somebody knocked on the door. He says, Can I help you? He says, I have a grease from the bells of the roof. I have a guard from the bells of the roof. I said, come in. What are you talking about? He said, I was in Israel. I went to Gezekinzach. I went to say goodbye to the bells of the roof. And he had his bracha. And he said, do me a favor. I have a friend. Itzik Tversky. A voint. He lives. At 210 U Street. The Dittestock. The third floor. The second apartment on the left. Please send him regards. He never told them anything. This is Baruch Kotshay of the Belzeruf. Several years later, the Rebbe was in Crown Heights. The Square Rebbe, the great tzaddik, used to go to various 
the cities for Shabbos. And obviously his son went with him. He went there. And he told me I was very depressed. My father was sick. I davened a couple of Shabbos. I was really down. After, after, after davening, a man comes over and says to him, Shalom Aleichem, do you remember me? He says, no, I don't. I'm the Yid, I'm the Jew who sent you regards from the Belgians. It changed my Shabbos. My Shabbos was different. The Amun Sadiqim that they ever had was so great that because he remembered that story, it changed his Shabbos. In the same vein, he had relationships with the Basis Soil, the Inri Emes, but very special to the left Simcha. Told me the following story. And it's just, it's so indicative of who the Rebbe is and his relationships. The Rebbe was living in Square at the time. He was just a regular, he was a Rosh Hashimah. And he saw a guy, I wanted, he was a depressed fellow. He saw he was depressed. He said to him, Repeat, maybe I can help you. He said, you can't help me. You can't help me. He said, please, let me. tell me, maybe. He said, my daughter lives in Israel. She's married to Gera Chassid. And they're about to get divorced. He said, do me a favor. Give me 48 hours. Now, Interjecting the story, one of the greatest tragedies in the Rebbe's life was he lost his oldest son, Rav Rabmot, at 36 years old, he passed away. The apple of his eye. And I watched it, and I'll discuss it later to some extent. So he tells me, uh, now, when I spoke to the Rebbe initially, I spoke to him in Ivrit, so I didn't speak Yiddish. He says, and he pointed to his heart. He said, He was Motlib above the left Simcha. He said, I called Motlib. I said, Motlib, go to the Arab, we have to do something for this guy. He said, he said Tati, he's in Arad. I said, the Arab tells me with a smile and twinkle in his eyes, I said, Who like how special? He said, Taxi Muchad, the Lokomoa Autobusim. He said, Zalah Bekesim. He says, He took a, 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 a taxi, which was more, more expensive than a bus, to get there right away. Motlib gets to Arad. And Gary Rebbe sees him and he says, Shukhan. First, he made a suda. Then he says to him, What's the problem? He says, Such such young man is married. Huh? What's his name? Rebbe tells him, Gary picks up the phone, calls his host. He says, Du ret binim alter. Can you imagine? And Gary, Gary was saying, This is, you know, your name. He said, Don't do anything for two weeks. I'm coming back. A few weeks later, the Matala is walking out of his apartment down, and he should get up with a young man holding him hand in hand, walking. Yerub says to him, Matala, thine the patient. Today they have grandchildren and great grandchildren forever. That's the Rebbe that he saved the guy's life. That's the relationships he had with these people. He always told me, he said to me, that Abshlinka's villa, who spoke about in glowing terms, he said, he once saw his father, Koshal, he said, this is a Zaitanamensh, that's father. Every Shabbos, the Rebbe would make Kiddush and tell us masses of tzaddikim. He loved it. He, he was so inspired by it. And the way he would tell it over, every, the same, with such a twinkle in his eye, with such a schiz. You know, we say every day, What's Torah? It's a living Torah. The Hasidic Rebbe gave us Everything was special. Every mitzvah, every Shabbos, every Yom Tov. This is a great Shabbos. This is a great Shabbos. And, and, the, and the preparations for Yom Tov, it was not, it, it's impossible to describe. Except I, was like, I used to sing. And one year, I had two concerts in Hanukkah, one in Kiev and one in Minsk. Some organization was sending me, afterwards, Terrence's saw, because they wanted to save money. So my flight was leaving two o'clock from Kiev to Frankfurt. Then from Frankfurt to Istanbul, Turkey, and from Turkey to Eretzisor. Now, the question is, why do we I'm leaving two in the afternoon. I'm arriving in Israel at four in the morning. So I went to the Rebbe. At first, as always, it's a Hanivas. He said to me, this is a Rebbe, what should I do? And our relationship was, I was very fortunate. She says to me, okay. Really, Allah is near Yishu Meaning, you, your father lives in Long Beach, you have no problem, you couldn't, he could like, but, oh, it's a pastish fadir. It's a pastish, not to like Nevis Hanukkah. So, what should I do? He said like this, when you go to the airport, you should make it tonight before you light, that you blow it after half an hour, and he said these words to me, 
And with this, you will be kind, you will be kind the mitzvah pursuing Yisrael. Just like that. Okay? I went, I flew to Frankfurt, this is pre-9-11, and I went to the security man, I explained to him I'm a Jew, and he said, yes, you can light. Gives me a table, I put on my gartel, I put on my hat, and obviously I had seen the Rebbe light, and anybody saw the Rebbe light, the question is, what was more lechtic, the menorah or the Rebbe's face? That's another question. So, and also I opened up, I forgot my wicks. My face. Okay. Now, when one flies New York, London, Israel, bags go through. But in those days, if you flew New York, London, say Paris, two stops, you had to recheck your bags. So I flew from Frankfurt to, to Istanbul, Turkey, on the Air Turkey flight. I mean, it was hala, 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 just me and all Arabs. Hala, 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 hula, hala, hala. The bells of the roof once gave me a safe term, helped her like this the whole time. No. As we're landing, I said, oh, no, I understand. And I get there, it's a show for the Allah, I light, and we uh, be nice. So I take my bags, I'm walking to Yalal, my next flight was Yalal, and I walk to the, and I'm about to check my bags, I hear, it's a two-hour delay. Now, if I, if I, I'm getting to the Allah, I can't light. I quickly grab my suitcase, and I find, I look around, I find, I find the wicks. Good. Now I, I check in, and I go to the security guard in Turkey, and I say the same story. I'm like the menorah, so so forth, so forth. He says to me, no English. Well, next guy, the same thing. All of a sudden, the guy taps me on the shoulder and says, Habibi, ma ba'ya? And I let the jacket, Habibi, ma ba'ya? I said, I knew it's a little bit of a rush, I like the Hanukkah, I knew it's a little Now I have it all. I put on the garkle, I put on my hat, I put on, put, put the oil in, put on, put in the wicks. As I'm about to light, I hear the following. Halayla Hanukkah, lo yadanu. There was a tour of 70 irreligious Jews who were in Turkey who forgot all about Hanukkah. They came around me and I made Neiris Hanukkah for 70 Yiddish kinder, for 70 Israeli Jews. We said Shema Yisrael together. We sang Moisur together. And even I still have a picture. The woman, the woman sent me a picture. Remember what the Rebbe said to me. With this, you'll be kind the mitzvah of pursuing Yisrael. Okay, I get back to New York. I go to them. And with a twinkle in his eyes, as only he had, just to be no simchala. What happened there is Hanukkah? He knew. That's the he, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he very rarely showed that. He was what's called, I said, a Bahalpin. I remember once walking with him on Shabbos. In those days, it was just myself, the Baal, the Zunar, the Rebbe, Lakewood, and the Mashbak, the Mashbak Kurdish, Pshirchaim, Kastan, and myself. We're walking to a kiddush by the Duval Square, the Borough Park, the Square Rebbe in Borough Park. And as we're walking, I see the Rebbe's limping. So she said, I see the Rebbe's limping. What am I going to do? It's the middle of Thomas, it's the middle of July. I'm a Shliach Tzibur. How am I going to daven or Shishoni Um Kippur if I can't sit on my feet? He wasn't worried how he's feeling. What was he worried about? Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Anybody who ever had the zchus to daven in Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur will never forget it. The nusach, the heart, you could not but not feel it. I'll share not many stories. but I, So when I was, I was a Ben Bias. How? I don't know how. So in those days, the second night Rosh Hashanah, we had you know, upstairs, and it wasn't just a few people, it was a bochrem, and you know, 30, 40 people eating. And the Rebbe would come in the second night after our soup. We'd eat the soup till the soup. And there was like a head table in front. There were two tables in the middle, like people, and then the back table. I was sitting in the back there. I was, I was much older already. I'm sitting with 14, 15, 16-year-old bochrem. And in my mind, I'm saying to myself, I'm like feeling bad, you know, like, oh, I'm ever going to get married. I'm sitting by myself in the back. Rebbe comes in to make kiddush. Comes in and it's a hele ketzura. If you ever saw, if you ever wanted to see a malach Hashem, I, I digress for one second just. If any, when I always wondered what it says in the davening of Yom Kippur, MS how beautiful was it to see the Koyin Godel leaving the Koyin Shakadoshim? I think of the Rebbe say the night. The ketusha. The Tahara. He would walk in with a white kittle with a strum, and you felt as if you were in the base Hamikdash. In Chernobyl, they don't talk during during the Minigan Shrub, they don't say any Torah, they just don't talk at all. 
the longest part of the two parts is either Manishtana, where every Ainukal would say the Manishtana, it would sit like this, listening to it as if the first time he heard it, in Shokhanar. But who could forget the Nishmas Kolcha? And the second that we count Sphere after Sphere. So I digress back. The Rebbe comes in Rosh Hashanah night, and I'm sitting back, and all this, he's about to be kiddish, he looks up, and he points my way. I don't know. Like this, point, come. He wants to make Kiddush. Finally, he points to me. No. Come sit at my table. Sit up with my family. He, he understood, I didn't say a word to anybody. He understood the, the sensitivity of a Rebbe to know how I felt. And he wanted me to sit at his table next to him because I should feel better on Rosh Hashanah. That's what I was at I was in the early years, there was a small misplacement, so I Pufka pointed out. And we, we were a little bit like traveling to Rosh Hashanah. First, we started Beis Yaakov at 46th Street. Then we had a place called Armin Terrace, which is now Yeshiva on Dal Avenue. And during anybody who thought to hear Shoy, Rebbe used to say, him told me so many times. The Rabban Shlova says, to be broken. And he would describe how in, in Barban Chol there was a, uh, a shul, let's say it was one floor and the second floor and the third floor. And people would, you know, either women and in the bottom on top. He said, and when he went to Tishofa, he said it was, it, it rained tears. So one year, I mean, we used to always ship to be close to the Rebbe. And when there was a big beam where they built an armored terrace, instead of standing in front of him, I stood on the side of him. And he's here and I'm here. And I'm looking at his eyes. His glasses were full with tears. Whoever heard the Ole Lekim Besru Olam in the same vein, we're now sitting in Elul. Everybody's working on themselves now. Each in his own way and his own style. But understand that I also, and every Chusit worked on Elul. But when I heard the words, Slichas night, a jolt would go through me. I knew it was Rosh Hashanah. I could never feel it that moment. Whoever saw the Slichas, my father, Rashaun, used to come to Slichas with me. He was so spoiled from it that my, he brought his best friend with him to come afterwards. Whoever heard those tefillas, the Chon Maminim, it was, it was not, uh, not to be believed. But let me, let me digress again because. There's so many unbelievable stories. I was once with the Rabbi Yisrael, just to show you his 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 conception of, of, of right and wrong. And a taxi driver comes over to him and says, "Ataha from America." And the Rabbi sheepishly said, eh, "I'm from America. Yeah, I'm from America. What's the problem?" He says, "Yesterday, I took a chosid of yours from the airport to here, and he said come back at this time tomorrow, and he was going to pay me. He's not here. What kind of business is that?" Rebbe says to him, how much does he owe you? He said, 200 shekel. He took 200 shekel out of his pocket and gave 200 shekel. Rebbe was so careful about that stuff. That's why Pukka pointed out. His sensitivity to people was beyond his, your simcha was his simcha. Your tzara was his tzara. He felt that I could, I would see how we would talk to people. One year, Rosh Hashanah, I remember, every place has them. Yeah, the crazy man, I'm a shukana. Crazy guy. I called him in to speak for Tia Shoifer now. And specifically, he got big for Tia Shoifer. It's a whole, uh, it's, it's gorgeous, but it's very intense. All of a sudden, Paul's guy, so they told him, they said, I'm making my rib so and so. What did he want? What did he have to say to you? What did he say? Sheepish first. Finally, said, The Rebbe reminded me to take my pills before myself. That's what he had in mind. With all his godless, all, and everybody else, what kind of person he is, his, his, he, he just couldn't, he couldn't, you know, he, his, his Abbas' throat was so great. He was once going in a taxi with the Mir Rosh Hashiv, the guy from Shiva. You know, he's talking to him, what's your name? Said, My name is Tversky. He says, what do you have? I in Barba. I have a shtibel in Barba. I'm the Rosh Hashiv. They had a very pleasant conversation. When he left the taxi, the Rosh Hashiv, when he left the, the, the Rebbe, I'm sorry, Rebbe, the Rebbe, Rebbe's car, he, he said, the Talmud said to Rosh Hashim, you know that was? He says, yeah, Tversky, uh, it was from uh, Barapa. No, that's Rachel Sifti Rebbe. He said, what? Rebbe's don't talk that way. He was such a nice person. Parenthetically, talking about the Rebbe's Rosh As I said to you, Rabbi Issa Zalman Nelson was his Rosh Hashim. 
Bochrim used to come into him to speak about his Torahs. They say he knew it Balpeh, and all his Torahs Balpeh. Several years back, now the Hasidus grew tremendously, and we have a yeshiva called Eisek HaToyah. Eisek HaToyah is yeshiva, yeshiva Ketan, yeshiva Doyla, and they went, it's called Shabbos Yisrael, it's like a retreat almost, up, upstate. The yeshiva is about Rapinchas Tversky, the Rebbe's grandson, and he called the famous Goyen, the yeshiva Salfoz, Rebbe Elgeber Vachtfeigl, and he said to him, he called him, and he asked the governor, he said, we'd like the yeshiva to come to speak to the Malavim Alvin. And he said, I'm sorry, but the yeshiva doesn't go out anymore much to Shabbos, he's too, he's too busy, you know. Okay. 20 minutes, he said, please tell him anyway. 20 minutes later, he gets a phone call, the yeshiva's coming. So the yeshiva said, what, what happened? He said, I'm coming. The Rebbe used to take a week off after Sukkot and after Pesach to go up to the mountains. And Rebellion used to talk to him in learning. And he was such a going oil he really was, that he had to go to him. In the same vein, this is an interesting story. You know, Rebellion Shvei, great Rosh Hashiva Zatzal from Philadelphia, was not a lover of Hasidim. One year on Purim, you know, literally get shikr and shikr. Huh? And he said, Rosh Hashiva, Naniach, if you would be a chosu, what kind of chosu would you be? And he said, Rach, Mr. Rivka. And that happened. Apparently, Rebel Yishvei, together with the Nabinsker Rebbe, wanted the Chosifka Rebbe to be on the Matzkele Atoy. And they came to him. And they spoke and spoke. They spoke in learning and spoke in Ashkofa, spoke. And Rebel Yishvei was so inspired and so impressed with the Rach, Mr. Rebbe, that's what he said. I mean, it's just... Uh, I finally became a chosin. Big sikh. My mother, my, my, wait, my offer was in Rachmas My parents have 25 rooms in the Appen Plaza Hotel. And suddenly that was my way. My mother wrote like a little, a, a summary for herself in a diary. And I saw it. She wrote the following words, almost. She said, I saw at the Kiddush how my son, I apologize, how my son looked at the Rebbe with such love. And the Rebbe looked at him with such love. And I thanked Hashem that my son found such a Rebbe to lead his life. Anybody who went into the Rebbe could feel the Abbas Yisrael, the simplicity. I remember when his son Mott was nifty. I was embarrassed. I speak about this thing, this deal, that deal, that. So I'm not crazy. He just wasn't. So for about a month and a half or so, I didn't speak. I saw I was with him. I was driving him. And he comes to the car and says, No, Manishma, Manishma, I'm a bit. He was willing to put away everything from himself. I'm going to share a story with you now that is so beautiful. I was lucky to drive the Rebbe at so. so the first of all, the first customer was in America, Yaakov Yosef, the Rebbe, Yaakov Yosef, the Second was his granddaughter got married. The first, second, the was in Yishalayim. So I was driving. The minigiz, the Rebbe would go to the Kalashmata before the Chassan. So I was driving the Rebbe, and in the back was the Rebbe from Lekarav and Luchem, the Mashmashpak of Shechaim Kasten, and the Rebbe from Mansi, Rabbi Yaakov Yosef, the grandson. I didn't go in. Imagine the grandfather going to Vinch, the Yisoyma. The cries you could hear for miles. It was such crying. I stood in the car. I was in the car. The other comes back in the car with this contingency. He's like this. Oh, oh, like that. And I'm starting to drive. We have, when he was in Bet Shemesh, I'm going down to Rehov Malchi Yisrael. As we pass a point, the other jumps up. People were waiting to go to the wedding. And the bus didn't arrive to pick people up. The rabbi completely forgot about his own sorts, completely. And he told Nochem to call Matrusha Kuperman, the Gabba, the Rabbi Shalim, to make sure where the buses, with the buses. As if once he saw somebody else in need, his need stopped. And he didn't talk about it ever again. He didn't talk about the rest of the, rest of the trip. That's, 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 who, that's who he was. The rabbi comes from, you know, he, he grew up in, in Shalim and he married the Rebbe. Now in Chernobyl, the meaning is not, Rebbe's don't dumb for the other. Unlike 
other chesidus. So how is it that they have a dalit? So first, there was a pogrom in in in, in and his grandfather Duvidal had no choice but to daven. And Nusuch, I mean, I can't. Ain't a but I I can't even begin to tell you how beautiful it is. So his shver, the heiligest shver ever, said to him, "I wouldn't ask you daven for number no, but on a shun kippa. But being that your grandfather daven, I'd like you to daven also." So the Rebbe, besides being a novice of the Heretz on Nashir. The time he got married, he sent three letters a week to his father. Not two paragraphs, but long letters. He was, the Dechers he had for his father was, he writes his father and he asks him, Shidam Fidam Zanat. So his father wrote back to him, he gives him permission on two, two, two conditions. One, that he only has Peir Shamilis. He doesn't start thinking the rapper was, he hid his whole life, but he was up in the sky. As big as any Makuba was, that's who he was, though he hid it. One. Number two, all the shkayas you're going to get for your beautiful davening shouldn't go to your head, you shouldn't become a Balgat. I want to share, I, I, I take a lot of your time, and I could go on for hours and hours and hours, talking about every Yontif and every Shabbos. But I want to share just two last two last thoughts with you, two stories. When I was a chosin, before I got married, there was one issue. I wear a Dekash Shabbos, and my wife, Zoka Zumzai, who was a bigger chassist than I am today, anyway, was not. She was uh, comfortable with a Dekash, and it was uh, an issue. I went to the Rebbe, and he said, what's the problem? I said, you know, she got from Teaneck, New Jersey. So the Rebbe says, the father, listen to the brilliance of a man. He says, listen, when you come to me, Rebecca, she's not embarrassed. When you go to Long Beach, where I come from, Long Beach, Long Island, you can wear Becca shirt. When you go to her father, you wear a suit. In Manhattan, where you're going to live, you'll take a Becca shirt and leave it in this Mekush. You'll take a Becca and leave a Becca in the house, in the street, you walk. Of a simple indan, he says, indan cup in your head, only a Becca shirt. We make this very complicated deal. I went to hook my chuppah in a, in a Becker shirt. I wore a tuxedo afterwards. Very, very interesting. From the day I got married, I only wore a Becker shirt. My wife said to me, you, Semi, you just wore a Becker shirt. In other words, the Rebbe was so brilliant understanding that once she saw anyway that I'm, I'm okay, be fine. So I want to end off one last thing before I Every Arab Rosh Hashanah, my family went in. First, my wife and I, and my children. When I went in, he would speak to my children, not like my mother, used to say, not like a Rebbe, like a Zayat, the Alpisti, the Schoolgeisti. He would talk to them. He was so proud. As you see, I don't have a beard. He never cared. It was Makarov because I wanted. He loved me and made me feel special. He never gave me musr. He only gave me more confidence and more confidence and more confidence. I'm going to say, I'll say if you tell him every shot, it's almost 30 years now, every shot. He never told me to do it, but I told him, to say it, to say it, to say it, to say it, and if Shalom, I fell, he would make it like nothing. Ah, gunish, gunish, guy, weiter, go ahead. He was a believer in Simcha and Islam. I would watch him with his grandchildren. Again, I can go on and on. His, his interaction with his family and with money. But as time is short, I'd like to leave you with final story. Davis Petita. I lived in Manhattan when I first got married and we spent a lot of time there. Then I moved to Flatbush. The first Shabbos that came, the Rebbe said to me, then you came to me, you came to me, came to when you come to me, you get schar for every step you take. He never said to anybody else, and he said to me several times. And I took it quite seriously. And I would walk the dish every Friday night. In the rain, in the snow, in the heat, in the cold. My children grew up seeing this. The Rebbe was part of my life. And, and when I would walk, I would only want wanted to see the holy face. You know, when you see a great person, first time, you say, wow, he's great. After a while, you know, you get to see the opposite here. The more I saw, the more years I cooked. The more I, I couldn't believe there's such a person in the world who is so perfect. 11 o'clock, I got a call in my office here. 
Simcha, where are you? So I'm not, come now. Run downstairs. Until you get the car from the garage. I drive, the person went to much traffic. I arrived on 12th Avenue and 45th Street at 1248. I, as I was on the phone, I saw. I didn't park, I left my car on the street. There was Shomrim and there were about 100 people outside of his house. I used to right nail me in. I went to the room. Four minutes later, I was there by the street. It's I was there with the pastor. So his face. Fire. We went up. My whole family, not only me, but my three daughters, without telling me, came from camp, the last day of camp, just to be there. I've been proud of my kids out because they felt the same thing as I felt, my wife. And then we got stuck in traffic in, in, in Chestnut Ridge. And I told my wife, I, can't, I have to walk to the base of the force. As I started to walk, it hit me. Wow. The Rebbe told me I get schapsis. The last time I'm coming to him, he wants me to get schapsis one last time. And I walked two miles with a simcha that nobody had, knowing that my Rebbe wanted me to be there with my foot. As I get to the cemetery, it was a balagan. It was wild. It was crazy. I walked up without any passes. I said to the policeman, officer, I'm a grandson. Sir, family, two, three. Got to the final gate, told the shaman, the Moderna. And I was so excited the Rebbe. There were thousands, tens of thousands of people. I was inside with the family. Not because I, not because I asked. I, I did. I just went. I think that's what he wanted. Go on and on and on. The light of the world left us in our world. Klai Yisrael, you're not. I certainly lost the tzaddik. Lost forever. And I lost the father. May his, may his hashpah on us be forever. Whenever we think what to do, let's think of him. And he should be a shamayim for his family, for his chassidim, for Klai Yisrael. And together we should become playing Mashiach Rebbe once again. Thank you for your- As you say, the Rebbe, the halal of the Rebbe's histalkus is immense. There is not only, of course, the zechreinus of persons like yourself and Rabbi Pupko, who was, and others, who can be mayed, and I'm sure we're going to hear so much about Racham Srikva. Um, there is also what has been put together, the Modus Tahoyrois, that is a magnificent work, which is now uh, learned in all the Chassidische uh, Kloizen, Shtiblach. Um, it's based, of course, on on, on the Rebbe's Divra uh, Kim Chaim, that he spoke out on, on Leil Shabbos, and what he said afterwards, and it's a really a, a wonderful uh, edifice of not only classic Chassidusha Machshove put together with such care from the Tamidi Baal Shem down, but also I think it gives us glimpses into the Shir Koyma of this, of this person and his Derech Avleda. So I'll just share just something as we are holding in Parshas Kiseitze, where the Rebbe starts, of course, with the Melchomos Ayetzel, and especially as he writes and speaks about how the terrible Koyach of the Yetzirah and this door, that the, that, that the technology has really created a, such a Nesoyen She'en Kamoyu, and he doesn't in any way try to minimize in fact, he compares it interestingly to he, he knows that so many Chsidish Kinder and Litvish Kinder and others have been in a way swallowed up and have gone Nebuch Le'ibud. And he said that to him, this is like two armies, two countries that are at war with each other. And one country, in order to attack the neighboring country, terrorizes its neighbor throwing bombs into uh, the neighbors' uh, communities, as we see here, of course, Nebuchadnezzar, with the war between Ukraine and Russia. And the Rebbe said that, what's the purpose in doing that? The purpose, of course, is that the country that is terrorized will give up. It'll see all the, the losses that are incurred 
the tragedies of those deaths and say, we can't fight. He says, the Yitzhahara doesn't just want to destroy Kinderlach. What it wants to do is generate Yeush. It wants to generate a, a sense of inability to, to fight. It wants to be able, like those like those armies in the Derech HaTeva, to be able to now march in and conquer. We can't give up. We have to realize that the main thing is, yes, there's Taka Milchoma, but we can be Yetzel Milchoma. We know that's our Tachlis. Our Dor is clearly Miyuchid in being able to be Matzliach. So the Rebbe, on one hand, understood and warned against the evils of the internet, the evils of the iPhone, the evils of the Nisyanis. But he was also extremely positive. He says, we can't just throw up our hands in, in Yeush. We have to realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if HaBoy Tahir, HaKadosh Baruch Hu be Messiah, we have to see this as our Tafkin. We have to see this as something to be Besimcha in, even if it seems like it's uh, something that can't be overwhelmed, can't be uh, in any way won. We know that by in the Chesidish Shavelt, generally, you know, the ideas of Shmira Senayim, which the Rebbe was not Mekel in at all, but we know that a lot of it is based on the Parsha, and again in this week's laning, but the Rebbe would quote the Chesidish of the Great, the Toldus, and the other Talmidi Baal Shem, and, the, the, and the, from the three, the third and fourth door from the Morav Shemesh, that what is the what is called He says in the Mulukat site, he quotes the Morvishemesh, it was about his Bhidadis. It was about Avoidas Elul. It was about an Avoida that was so everyone was a Yochid being Musgailo and Sheleg and and taking on Humris. He says, now that's not what has to be done. Now we have to talk of be Ba'achtus. We have to live ba'achtus, daven together, and, and and what do we gain by being together? Yes, not miloshin being broken, but actually seeing in the other person milus. And even if it's someone like he calls like the the Ilone Srak, the Atse Ayar that are are, are there being Meranein, we have to see Dvarim Toivim in this Achtas. Even people who are on less of a Madrega than ourselves, we have to see that in many ways they are our superiors. They have things that we don't have. And therefore, what we have to do, our Avoida, in against the Yetzahara and against for Rosh Hashanah, getting ready for Yom Adin, is what? Not just Shmira Sanayim. Nishmartimi called Dovara, the Dibara, that to try to, to the Malshinus, the petty politic, stalking, looking at someone, snide remarks, all those things are that's the Dovara. And he quoted the Sefer Yitzira that said that you want to know where the Mikra Laila comes from? Do you want to know where this the terrible Hitzah Zera comes from? It comes from if you're not Shoimer Hapeh. It's not doesn't come stam from Istakus and the evil Machshavas. It comes from lack of zihirus in in caring for the other person. So it's we have to be shomer from dibura, and if you talk a shomer me dibura, if we can talk, he said that if mezait and anandra and you and you you can frezach and 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 also not only the other person's company, but to see that every person that you meet has a mila that you don't have. And this is what he says is the Avoida that's biyacha. This is the way we're seitze machna alevecha. The and uh, he says that when you take a look at this parsha where it says viyoseid tiyelcha alazeinecha, he quotes the the tzidushe rabbonim who said that what is the yoseid? The yoseid is is that vart. He says that's the yesed. When you hear a vart that's misameach, then you stick it into your heart. You have that in your ears that you can always go back. And when you take a posik that he says, he says, 
when you're when you feel that you feel overwhelmed, you dig deep. You dig deep and you go back to that beautiful vart that you heard and you dig it and you bring it back. And then, vashavta, then, then you can do tshuva. He says, every gishmaka vart that you hear, you have to listen stark and make it a yesed, make it a, a yesed in your, in, your, in, in your neshama that you're always able to go back to it. All these things, and, and that, he says, v'kisisos tseisecho. So even though in some ways, you know, you, you fall from your madrega, which everybody does, but this can cover it. This can bring you back. The, the types of positivity that you can see in every line of the Rebbe's Torahs, I think in a way speak to that type of neshama that he had, the type of hayros, the type of hadrocha that he had. I'll just say one last little nekuda that that he was he said that the um, he loved the sefer told us Yaakov Yosef, and he said that he says from this told us he says he, he says it's aganze shmuz from this told us the told us says and I think this really speaks about the 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 posik that talks about uh, a a lost item. So the Torah says, "Lesiris shorachicha isayu nidochem v'salam temeim hashev teshivim lechicha." So he brought the Teldus. The Teldus said that Amu Yitaka see your friend that you're together with. So many times, if you see a person who's not on your madrega, you say, "Yeah, what do I care? Do I need to really care about him? He's a balavera. He's not shyach to me. He doesn't do mitzvahs the way I do." The Rebbe said, Fakelt. He says, if the Rabbeinu Shalom brings us together with someone, and even if we see the chesreinus of that person, why did the Rabbeinu Shalom let you see that? The Rabbeinu Shalom let you see that because you're supposed to take a lesson. And when you see whatever the chesorin in that person, the, of course you should look for the Milo. But even if you see a chesorin or nebuch and aveira that that person is doing, it's because it has a connection to you. And what are you mechuyiv to do? Your mechuyev tataka do tshuva and see what that person has. I have that too. I'm not that much better. But that that aveira is really something that ichob. And Mele, he says when it's hoshev teshive, when you do tshuva teshivem lachicha, your friend will get better as well. The reason why we're brought together is to taka learn from each other. Positively, and even when it's something nebuch that we see negative, it's supposed to tell us you're not really that much better than him. Why else did you see this? And therefore, your tshuva mashpia on yenu. He says that he said, and if you can't find it in lekorayv echicha, if if you can't see why, why did I have to see this avera? What is this about? He says the problem is you're not learning enough. Adroish, if you taka learn Torah, if you're taka a grace mentioned Torah, then you will understand why things have to happen. And if you learn, if you taka doroish, then you realize why these things happen to you, and then you'll figure it out. The Rebbe, as I have heard today. Not only from Rav Simcha and from Rav, and Rabbi Pupko, but I spoke to people who were by the Rebbe when he was the Rosh Hashiva in Square, when he was the Boychein, when he was the person who would, in the afternoon, give the Shir and Tur Bas Yosef and would give the Bechinis. He was a Rizadik Alamdan. And he understood that the Kayach of Taira gives you sensitivity in human beings. That if you don't really understand, it's because you're not enough of a Ben Taira. You're talking not. <laughs> it's only the Kayach of Torah that does that. Torah, and like the Rebbe himself, was a living example. His greatness in Torah made him more sensitive to everything. Just like he quoted, if you take a Droish, then you're going to be able to be Meshiv to that person. As I say, there's, as, as Rav Simcha said, there's hours and hours, not only of his Torah, that can be learned and the stories, but I think that Baruch Hashem, that if we, if we come biyachad, Yishrael Yoyim Chazak, 
will be able to not only be inspired by his life, but also be able to to vox ourselves, to be able to find that that koyach miyucha that we have, to have that simcha. Yeah, it's a mochoma. Taka v'hoya, the Rebbe said. V'hoya's milosh and simcha. It's taka simcha that we can be, that we have the the koyach to be minatseyach. And taka with the Rebbe's histalkus, maybe with the stalkas today, Nebuchadnezzar of Aaron Shechter and others, it should talk and be a simon of the Pamone Gula that we hope that are on Mamish on the horizon. For everybody who was involved with us today. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.